the thing that nearly all apps do is they encourage you to make an appointment with yourself to take time out to reflect and to use tools that can help how you manage emotionally. Welcome to episode 15 of the Press Forward podcast. I'm Nathan Wrigley, and I'd like to thank you for joining us again. And if this is your first time with us, I hope that you like it and that you find it useful. If you want to make listening to this podcast a regular thing, you can subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player. And this can be done by going to wpnup.org forward slash podcast dash feed. Today, we're going to be hearing from Zoe E. Breen. She'll be talking about her journey exploring the app ecosystem, seeing whether they can positively impact your well-being. But before that, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about WP and Up. You see, the Press Forward podcast is created by WP and Up. They're a charity working in the WordPress space to support the WordPress community. Their help is freely available at wpandup.org. The work that they're doing is important. Many people have become involved, either using the support that we offer or by joining us to help out. To give you an idea of the amount of work that's been undertaken, here's some recent data for you. WP and Op have provided roughly 2,500 hours of companionship and mentorship. We have over 3,500 members. Our volunteers have donated 5,000 hours and there have been over 6,000 event attendees. So you can see that there's a significant need for the support that WP and Up are providing, and we're always on the lookout for people who can help. Perhaps you'd like to help us out and get involved with WP and Up. If so, great. You can support WP and Up financially by visiting wpandup.org forward slash give. Or maybe you'd like to get involved with WP and Up. If so, you can visit wpandop.org forward slash contact or look for the social links in the website's footer. You can also help us out by sponsoring the podcast, just like Green Geeks have done. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security and scalability whilst being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. And we thank Green Geeks for helping us to put on the Press Forward podcast. about you, but I use technology all the time, pretty much from the moment that I wake up until the moment I go to sleep. There's some piece of technology close at hand. Whether it's in your pocket or on your desk in front of you, 
there's always a device. Working as we do with technology, it's easy to use our devices too much. We've all been involved in conversations in which we talk about screen time, be that for ourselves or perhaps family members. We talk about limiting the time that we have in front of the screens and reducing the number of services that can push notifications in our direction. This conversation often focuses on the negative aspects of the devices that we possess. What's less common is to have a conversation in which we celebrate the technology and discuss the positive impacts that it can have. We can talk face to face to people on the other side of the planet as if they were standing next to us. We can collaborate on projects with different people in different time zones, each leaving little messages to the other on some online platform. A generation ago, much of this was in the realms of fantasy, but now it's real and it's widely available. Today, I'm joined by Zoe E. Breen to discuss an area of technology that aims to improve our lives. You see, Zoe has been using a wide range of apps to support her mental and physical health for many years. Recently, she's been thinking about creating a mood and mental health app of her own, and so she decided to do some research into what apps are already out there. And it turns out that there's quite a lot. So I started by asking Zoe what her reasons were for researching these apps. My name is Zoe Breen. Uh, I go by Zoe E. Breen. And I've worked as a digital producer for many years. And I've also used a variety of different health apps for many years, including uh, mental health apps and physical health apps as well. In the last five years, I've been working on developing my own product, which is called Care Labels for Humans. It's about bringing something into the face-to-face world that can help us communicate how we are and how ready we are to go into the world and to interact with other people. At the moment, it's a paper prototype, but I'm looking to develop it into an app, possibly something in augmented reality. So as a research brief, I thought I'd have a look at some of the mood and mental health apps that are out there already. And I opened a massive can of worms, basically. Apparently, there's about you know hundreds of thousands of these things. So I've just really just tried to take a bit of a snapshot of what's out there, what's popular, and what the themes are so that I can kind of put start putting some flesh onto the kind of research brief that I'm I'm developing. So I just kind of like give a bit of context in terms of my own use of apps. Years ago, I think it was probably maybe as early as like 2006, I used to use a website called Moodscope and it was devised by a guy called John Cousins, who does a lot of great work around moods and various factors. And it's a site where basically it's as if you're kind of playing with a deck of cards and each card would have an emotion or feeling attached to it. So maybe excited would be one of them. And then you kind of manipulate this card to say what level of excitement you feel. And you go through, I think it's 20 cards. And each day that helps you to devise a mood score. You can add a journal to it. And, it, and over time, it provides tracking. And 
a nice word cloud and lots of different visual models of of how you're doing but a really great another great thing about it is that you could choose trusted friends to receive an update of how your mood was doing each day I think I then went through a phase where I was using quite a lot of fitness apps and things for like nutrition like my fitness pal weight loss resources I've been I still use Fitbit I've used that for a while but with the food diaries and so on, I just got this real fatigue of writing everything down all the time. And so I actually went through a phase where I haven't really used any sort of mood or mental health apps for a really long time. So what was great then was that the world has changed. The world has moved on quite considerably from 2006. And so I looked at apps and seen the kind of themes that are coming up things like artificial intelligence, the application of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT as an app, and also looking at mindfulness and meditation are huge. Meditation apps have a really big part of the market and have been really, really popular. So I've just been having a look, a dig around in, I have to say, not a particularly scientific way, just using a technique for myself. I had to confess to Zoe that I had never downloaded one of the apps that she was describing, and so I felt a little naive talking about them. I was not even sure of the purpose of such apps. Are they just showing you facts about mood and mental health? Something that you can study and think about? Or are they trying to assist you in a journey of improvement? Trying to get you from here to there yeah I mean I suppose there's a general sense that they're helping you to help yourself that there's some sort of framework or science behind what they're doing so yes awareness is like a starting point but it's also can I change can I you know sort of like can I keep an eye myself what's happening around me what are things happening in my life that might be challenging and getting to know how you might respond to those events and somehow by having an earlier recognition or training yourself in particular thinking techniques that you might be able to have these impacts might be able to have less negative impact on you and you'll you know to sort of grow resilience but I think you know I mean I, I, I look kind of broadly at health apps as well I mean I think physical health apps do tend to be very much focused towards getting this level of weight or building muscle or eating a certain kind of thing. Whereas I think for mood apps, I use it as like a, a broad term as well, that, you know, there's a bit, it's part of it's a benefit of, of self-knowledge, but now there are sort of increasingly services that kind of artificial intelligence that kind of get to know you and in turn you kind of get some kind of insight into how you think. Putting privacy concerns to one side for a moment, these apps are trying to assist you by learning about you. The more that they know about you, the more helpful that they can become. I suppose that this makes sense. If I meet someone for the first time, the conversation is not always as in-depth as it is after a few meetings. After several encounters with someone, you know what to say, how to offer support, because you have an understanding about what they need 
and what they like. I wondered how the apps approach this acquisition of information about people and what benefits they might offer from knowing more about us. Yeah, and I think there's sort of two ways that they do that. One is your kind of traditional sort of logging and tracking that you're just adding in data and then reviewing it and maybe there's some advice attached to that. Whereas more artificial intelligence apps will learn you through what you do so there might be a more offering a more personalized approach so one that i've come across is called wobot which is an ai that i think operates for facebook it i think it's like an an area at the moment that's quite nascent but there's a, a a lot more to be developed one that's really fascinated me i haven't you know i haven't tested wobot and i haven't tested it one called replica or it might be Replica, I'm not sure, because it's a R-E-P-L-I-K-A. And this is a fantastic story from the USA of, so I think she's called Jeannie, the woman who, who developed it. That might not be quite right, but they developed this AI app. She developed it after she'd moved to USA from Russia. And one of her friends had also moved from USA to Russia. And they both worked in sort of AI and then very sadly, he was he was killed in um, a road traffic accident. And she started to develop this app that was kind of replacing the relationship she had with him in terms of having a supportive peer and a friend. So, you know, and there's another one that I looked at that it kind of creates. It's called iMe. And I think that that comes from Japanese where it's kind of creating another you um it, you know there's there's quite sophisticated stuff that can happen now and i'm not claiming to understand it all but it's quite fascinating if you're anything like me you have an interest in online privacy we seem to be more willing than ever to reveal things about ourselves to the apps on our devices most often this will be our comments but it might be our location or perhaps data in the photos that we send. The nature of the apps that Zoe is talking about might also be using our data and using that to offer the suggestions that they do. So I wondered if Zoe had a process for qualifying apps, a way of making judgments about whether or not they are trustworthy or reliable. I started off by just looking at a couple of recommendation reviews about what the best apps in this area. And then I um, canvassed uh, the Slack on WP and Up to get some suggestions from there. And then as I started going through, I could kind of see features in some of them that some of them had uh, were obsolete. So, well, they might be live, but they hadn't been loved for a while. So. I kind of screened those ones out. Um, some that on a second inspection look slightly amateur, like they that they'd made an app, but actually there was it was very flimsy what it was based on. A lot of them are like personal projects, which are great, but I really wanted to get a sense of what was out there commercially, so they weren't really, you know, didn't really sort of fit in that category. Um, and then I, as I was going through, because I think I had a long list of about forty. Four and I've got the list. I've got down to about thirty-two, and it's not like a kind of top ten or the best. Uh, what I was trying to do was get a spread of di of different types of apps in there as well. So 
as I was going through this process, I learned or was reminded, because I did know about this before, about a company called Orca. That's O-R-C-H-A. And if you go to their website on orca.co.uk, they're actually doing some really valuable sort of benchmarking and reviewing of apps. So from purely from a health app, so they look at not just mood apps and mental health apps, they look at all kinds of health apps. And what they'll do is part of their process is to look at um, what they call clinical assurance. So I think, so they, they measure each app on sort of four areas. It's not just measuring, but it's reviewing as well. So they look at the functions and features, data privacy. In the more recent reviews, they look at clinical assurance and they look at user experience. And then based on those factors and looking at the app overall, they will give a score based on data privacy, clinical assurance and user experience. So it's a really great website if you're not quite sure what you're looking at. I know that it might seem like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, but I wanted to know if this Orca website could itself be trusted. It would be easy to set up a website to endorse apps, but not have the expertise to make the kind of judgments that they are making. All I know is I have been in touch with these people before. I think they provide consultancy as well, but I don't know... I don't know an awful lot about them. It's very thorough and it's very well laid out as well. And depending on what data is available, you know, you'll, you'll get some really good, good sort of insights into the apps without actually having to use each single one yourself. There's another similar site based in the States. It's called CyberGuide, P-S-Y-B-R Guide works and they score the sites three measures one's credibility which i suppose is this kind of scientific rigor who's behind it user experience and transparency which relates to privacy so this is another site that you can use again i wouldn't ever assume that either of these sites exhaustively list every single app because there are just so many and of course, the apps change over time. There's new releases all the time. So one thing that's really good about the Orca site is if they haven't yet reviewed the latest version, they will say so on the site, which I think is you know, really helpful. So like where I was saying, I think the clinical assurance aspect is um, a new thing that they've, they've kind of brought in. So you'll notice where they're waiting for the review. That might not be included, but it looks like they'll be including that the next time. Given that Zoe says that there are thousands of apps concerned with mood and mental health, I wanted to know if there was some way of categorising them, a mechanism to filter them down. I'm sure that you've been to the app store and been overwhelmed with the choice on offer. Yeah, so I've kind of broadly grouped them. So CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, it's often like known as evidence-based medicine it's a very specific framework cognitive-based therapy is like a set of techniques that a therapist can use to help somebody to examine how they think and how 
they may be able to think differently about some circumstances or or events or about themselves so it, there's a lot of materials that are already ava- available for this but putting it into an app is kind of a, a good thing to do I think because it makes it a bit more accessible than writing out sort of like paper if some, I love writing things down I find it really helpful but some people might prefer to have something they could hold in that you know hold in their hand and have with them and not have to worry about you know getting a pen and paper out a lot of sort of cross apps tracking and logging are generally important if you're looking at mood some way reporting your mood be that by a score or an emoji or a journal as a common feature but some of the most popular apps out there are for meditation exercises so really well known um, calm and headspace apps that bring in daily meditation practices again they're taking something evidence-based that meditation and mindfulness can help people particularly to manage stress but you know lots of other aspects of their well-being and making those into a mobile app that someone can use on the go wherever they are I've already mentioned artificial intelligence a little bit a little quote here from an app called real life change so real life change talks about me me as a reflection of your inner self acting like a trusted guide and delivery highly personal and contextual suggestions based on your life data that's quite something yeah so yeah i think those are cbt ai meditation and then some apps that that are you know kind of fusing these things together pacifica is one that i've seen that does this i, I think that's one i'm going to try out myself because it looks quite looks quite robust i'd like to give it a go I mostly use my phone for fairly trivial things, email, texting, taking pictures and so on. With this in mind, I started wondering just how beneficial and effective an app could really be bringing about change in my life. I guess that Zoe is not advocating using it for all things, so in what areas are they worthwhile? In my opinion, the thing that nearly all apps do is they encourage you to make an appointment with yourself to take time out to reflect on how you're feeling in a moment and to use tools that can help how you manage emotionally so I think that's you know built it's about routine and building it into routine so if you you don't have a moment in your day where you stop and say Oh Zoe, how are you feeling today? How are how are you feeling? How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling physically? Are you tired? Are you hungry? You know, is someone upset you? Are you really happy? Are you productive? So I think having a time or times during the day when we do that is helpful. I like that idea. The idea of making an appointment with yourself a few times a day. Time to just check in and see how things are going. How does it do this though? How does it let you know that it's time to stop and see what's what? I don't think I can, I've got enough experience of more recent apps to say that, but the running app at, um, at the moment is certainly on my case quite a lot. 
now. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I have been testing another one. I think I think it's the same with anything that you kind of, most of them allows you to choose what level of notifications you want. So it can be personalized. I think it's kind of up to you generally. There might be a default of reminders, but I think most of them it will be, you know, to fit your needs. So these apps can send you notifications, which could be very useful. But I wondered if there were devices out there that could do more than just alert you on a set schedule. Perhaps there are wearables that can measure subtle changes, sense things, such as your heart rate or temperature, and alert you because they detect that you need to be warned about something right away. It's not something that I'm aware of, but it does sound like that is like a next generation features. Very much so. There may be apps that exist for particular medical conditions that do that kind of thing a bit more. So thinking about things like maybe diabetes or I think these kind of things do exist. There's a very a very interesting um, bit of hardware that I've seen being developed called Mood Beam, which is actually a a wristband and it allows you to log your moods by pushing it a certain way and then that can be transmitted to somebody else that you care about and cares about you so there's so many things and so many opportunities and I think that 5G is going to be quite massive for this as well because we've got all these all this potential things that, that the artificial intelligence quantified self extended reality stuff like voice vr augmented reality mixed reality you've got all these but it's getting the devices to the you know people that need to have devices that are good enough and have good enough data access to be able to run them so i think that is something that will become more and more possible as time goes on Although Zoe is clearly interested in the way that technology can support mood and mental health, I'm sure that it's got its drawbacks too. Surely there must be instances where the technology is simply not a good fit, or perhaps years away from where it needs to be, to be useful. I think from my own experience, I can get fatigued from having to log a lot of things or having to do, because sometimes it's like, you know, we're all busy, which is why we get stressed, which is why we need to use these apps, but, you know, or, or, you know, preventing or managing your moods or whatever. So part of it for me is, well, what load is the app actually then putting on me in terms of that I feel that I need to like add this data or log something and that's what, for me, I have taken quite a long time out of using these kind of apps because I got to the point where I was logging my exercise, logging my food, and then I was like, do I have to log how I feel as, as well? And I think particularly quantified self has a very important role to play because, as you were just saying, if my device can tell that I'm stressed, I don't have to tell it. I don't have to write it down. So it's like taking that extra, taking the labour out of it. So let's imagine that you've listened to this podcast and it has piqued your interest. You think that you'd like to find some more of these apps for yourself and begin exploring what they might do for you. Where would be a good place to start looking for them? 
so I'm an Apple person. They have the categories um, within the Apple Store. So the App Store, Apple App Store, the categories are lifestyle and there's a health one as well. I can't remember what it's called, but and then you can go into each of those and it'll give you the top paid apps and the top free apps. So that's something I looked at as well. It's interesting. I think it's in the lifestyle side. They also group into that sort of uh, fortune telling, like palmistry apps. I haven't tried any of them out, but I thought that's quite interesting that, you know, that's a thing. It can read your palm or something. (laughs) And if you're interested in newer products, then Product Hunt is another good website to look at. So when I've used Product Hunt, I haven't so much relied just on the reviews that are on there. It's just helpful in that it provides links for uh, Android and Apple app and sometimes a website for the product as well where you can find out a bit more. So you can find out, you know, what's this based on, who's worked on it, those kind of things. I think it's just because there are so many apps and it is hard to recommend or endorse any of them, the best advice is to learn these tools that you can use to like help your judgment about whether this app is the right thing for you. I think that we need to be clear before we end that although some of these apps are very useful, we're not implying that these apps are a replacement for professional support. Absolutely, and I think it can't be seen as a substitute if it's something that helps you. We all know that waiting lists can be long, diagnoses can take time, But if you find that dipping into using some of these apps as tools is helpful, it's worth a try. A lot of them are free or have free versions of them. Although, just to say on that, there is actually an app now called Talkspace that links you in with a therapist online. So that is something a bit different and a bit new. It's a US company and it's kind of looking at connecting you to individual therapists. So there are things like that coming in to kind of disrupt the market. But I think it's it's absolutely vital that medical resources and support are there for people who have mental health difficulties and particularly in the case of severe and enduring conditions that the fact that there's an app should never become a reason why treatment and support isn't available. One of the purposes of the Press Forward podcast is to lift the lid on topics that don't get talked about enough, to allow people to share their stories so that other people might listen, and by listening, they may gain an understanding that they're not alone. There are other people out there who have faced the same issues that you're facing. They have found a way through and can offer support to you on your journey. Maybe that person is already in your life, but they might not be. And that's what WPNOP is here for, to connect you with the support that you need. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. 
GreenGeeks offers a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert 24-7 support to make for the best web hosting experience. And we do thank Green Geeks for helping us put on the Press Forward podcast. That's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it useful or helpful. You can reach out to us at wpnop.org forward slash contact. Remember that there's a serious point to all this though, and that is that WPNOP is here to provide help and support. That help is available to you or people you know, and it can be easily accessed at the wpnop.org website. Please spread the word about this new podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on your favourite podcast player. And remember, together we can hashtag press forward. <laughs>